never reach me Were some guys who were preacher fans The only dudes who could ever teach me Were some guys who were preacher fans Yes, they were They were Oh, yes, they were That's a podcast theme right there. Welcome to Preacher Man, a podcast about AMC's Preacher, and it has all come down to this, and I have all come down to, I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And this is it. This is the final episode of the first season of Preacher Call and Response. We made it through. We got mostly caught up in time for the second season, uh, which we'll be talking about towards the end of this episode a little bit, I think. Um... But what do you need to know? Probably the main thing you need to know is that uh, Jesse Custer has the power to control people with his voice due to a being called Genesis that lives inside of his body. He's gone through a bunch of hilarious adventures with his friends, (laughs) Cassidy, who's a vampire, and Tulip, who's his ex-girlfriend, over the course of the season, uh, and ended up promising that he's going to bring God to his town of Anvil on this very Sunday uh, the other Sunday, thing that, Sunday, Sunday. Yep, Sorry. that. No, that, please. It's fine. Uh, and there's a lot of other things that come together. This is a pretty intricately crafted show, so we'll get to the stuff as we get to it. Uh, but the only other thing you probably need to know is there's a guy named Carlos that Tulip has been looking for all season long. And last episode, he was revealed to be Desmond Borges, who plays Edgar on You're the Worst. So that was a nice surprise. Um, let's get into it. What did you guys think about this episode as a whole? It's an amazing episode. Definitely not a middling episode, as Justin would bullshitly say. Uh, and bullshitly. yeah, yep. Uh, I yeah, I love this episode from start to finish. Uh, they packed a ton of stuff in there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. This episode is great. This show is great. This show is like the, one of the most confident shows on television. They do all this crazy shit in such a cool, confident way that like and the mixing of like lowbrow and highbrow ideas. Uh, they, they do a lowbrow, highbrow show. We do a lowbrow, highbrow podcast. And that's great. <laughs> yeah, you're very generous, Justin. Very generous yeah. indeed. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really well crafted. Like I said, this whole season, we've been talking about how they just drop stuff in and don't pay it off for episodes at a time. That definitely what happens here, particularly towards the end of the episode. Um, but so many things come to a head, and it comes to a head so well. Um, the thing that's crazy about it from the comic book perspective is this is, with some exceptions, essentially a prequel to the comic book. You know, there's some stuff that he, that has happened throughout the season that happens in the book itself. There's things that they changed. Um, yeah, but ultimately, especially in this episode. Yeah. But ultimately the point that we get to at the end of this episode is the beginning of the comic, which really, yeah. I'm which so is, surprised about that. It's a crazy thing for them to do. I mean, this is jumping ahead straight to the end, but there's a scene at the end after everything that does go down, has gone down that Jesse Cassidy and Tulip, are in a car together about to go on a road trip searching for God and they sit in the car for a moment and they pause and then are like, why are, why are we waiting here? Can we get on the road? And the reason they're waiting there is that's essentially where the comic begins with the three of them in that pose getting ready to go on the road looking for God. Which wow. is nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's totally- crazy because like, I don't know how you could get all the information they put into this first season out there 
without it being a whole like series of, of graphic novels, a series of paper trade paperbacks. It it is. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like to, if this is, if the road trip is where the series starts and is it all in flashbacks? Uh, no, nothing. Basically nothing happens. Not a whole lot happens in Anvil in the comics. You know, there are things that are, that do happen. Um, they do start there, but it's essentially a road trip, the entire series, uh, and anything that you learn about Tulip or Cassidy or uh, Jesse or any of the other characters happens while they're on the road. And there are flashbacks, but it's yeah. not flashbacks to the events of this series. Basically, nothing in this series happens in the book. That's well, amazing. I mean, I mean that's, not, that's that... not true. That's not f- yeah. totally true. But... Yeah, that's... Oh, yeah. Well, stop lying to me then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, no. This is like a straight-up adaptation. Okay, cool. Page by page. Oh, boy, I'm confused now. No, it's not. It's, uh, what I'm saying is, like, if you took the plot of this series and laid it over the plot of the comic, it would not match up even remotely at all. But there are things that they yeah. mixed around. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. It's a remix. Uh, yeah. Remix! <laughs> you beat me to it. Sweet. I always will, and I always will. No, uh, <laughs> but, but the thing is, sorry, the, the one thing that I wanted to say, though, that I think is great about it is it did allow them to really figure out these characters and get them to the place that they are at the beginning of the comic versus and this works great in the comic. But the comic essentially drops you right in the middle and then lets unpeels the characters like an onion. So heading into season two of Preacher, we as the people who are experiencing this are in a very different place than we are when you read the comic. Yep. Yep. That's all. Um, yeah. And uh, to kick off the episode, this was such a, like a sweet beginning to what, like watching the beginning, I was like, Oh my God, this is so like calm. And I'm sure this episode's going to be so crazy. Yeah. They set you up, man. They set you up. They kind of lull you a little bit. Yeah. And then it's, it's like, crazy. welcome to crazy town. Uh, I love the radio announcer is like sort of a real dick to Eugene, which I thought was like local freak. Eugene is missing still. Yeah, that was fucked. That up. was fucked up. But I uh, love the, the run by where he's like, "Hey, Mabel," and then she's like pointing, like he's going that way. It's yeah, it's great. That's great. Yeah, uh, well, I have a question though, and then we cut into in the town is uh, getting half off bikini waxes because God is coming, uh, like really funny. Why does the town believe Jesse when he says God is coming? Like literally the whole town is like, God's going to be here. All right. But Justin, here's the question. If you went to church and there's a preacher and he says, I'm going to bring God this Sunday. I mean, sure. You might think, yeah, that's crazy, but there's, you also are going to show up and see what happens. You know, but am I going to get a bikini wax? Yes, I, mean, I, I have a, a weekly bikini wax, and I'll probably go to that appointment. But uh, I don't know if I'll get an extra special one. Have you read Ecclesiastes? He very specifically says, "Yeah, gotta have a nice landing strip down there." <laughs> oh. Yeah, that was one of the more uh, uh, the most often quoted Bible passages. I believe <laughs> the Book of Girls Gone Wild. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. This episode, the the townsfolk of Advil are. Even more so than usual, very Parks and Rec, I feel like. You know, they're very bawdy. Part of that is bringing everybody together into one location, into the church at the end when Jesse is revealing it. But yeah, the fact that everybody buys into it, I mean, we've talked a lot about on this podcast, these people are weird. They're all really weird. Some of them are more normal weird, but like, 
last episode, Emily, who is the most normal person on the show, randomly decided, uh, I don't, I don't want to be committed to my boyfriend. I'm going to feed him to a vampire instead. And I that's, mean, that's how you break it off in weird towns. Sure. It's I, a small town breakup. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's right. I remember the song. Just a small town girl feeding her boyfriend to a vampire. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. You really, yeah, you nailed that's really that song. beautifully yeah. angelic even. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I've been practicing that for weeks. Pete and I grew up in small towns, so we get that life. Yeah, we do. Sweet. Uh, I like but, a city boy like Alex Zauber. Yeah. <laughs> Captain City Boy over there. No vampires in your town. Yeah. Whatever. Hey, not in the city where it's always sunny. <laughs> no vampires here. Everything's covered in garlic in city town. Yep. Uh, the, I'll, I'll tell you the thing that threw me more for a loop than that was Donnie in this episode. I thought I had missed an episode somewhere with really? Donnie. Yeah, with Donnie's plotline. So uh, it turns out Jesse is staying with Donnie and his wife Betsy, um, mm-hmm. who we had met earlier on. Uh, I think the first or second episode, we found out that they didn't exactly have an abusive relationship. They kind yep. of just like to sexily hit each other and do a little yeah, BDSM. You know, whatever. nothing wrong yeah. with that. Uh, Donnie has been one of the main antagonists though. And then suddenly this episode, Jesse is in the house and I honestly, like I had to go back a couple of times because I was like, did I miss the point where Donnie decided to be a good guy? And we find out later on that Jesse gave Donnie a second chance. So Donnie is giving Jesse a second chance, but it still seems yeah. real weird to me. No, I mean, Donnie finally feels like himself again, and he's, you know, uh, he's at a happy place with his lady, and they're feeling good. So, like, he was like, you know what? What am I doing? You know, let me help this guy. Yeah. I think he he was fed up with, uh, you know, Rorschach's bullshit, and when he walked away, he really walked away from that that whole life and was like, you know what? Uh, Yeah, I'm on preacher's side. Uh, yeah, it was a little weird um, how quick, how big of a turn it was, uh, though I didn't mind it. Like, I don't need to have a whole scene where we have, like, Donnie's interior yeah, exactly. monologue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do think, like, I mean, Donnie was dressed in that Civil War uniform. He shot a gun in the trunk to take away his hearing. Like, I feel like he was so wound up. The stakes were so high to him because of this dumb feud. Uh, and I think he finally was like, you know what? Why am I almost killing myself over this when, like, I don't mind. Everything's fine now. Yeah, I, I would have liked to see a little bit of that last part. The where I he disagree. Said, really? Yeah, I don't need, like Justin said, I don't need some fucking Donnie bullshit slowing this episode down. Let's get to the good stuff. All right. Well, whatever then. Uh, let's get to the good <laughs> stuff. Let's talk about Cassidy, who is getting shot repeatedly in the prison. Oh, uh, yeah. That's what prison's like, man. Is don't it? go to prison. Yeah, oh, oh man, shit. it's the worst. Well, we don't know in the city because we don't have vampires here or prisons. Oh, wow. Well, city life must be nice. I mean, me and Justin, we've been to jail and they shoot you a lot in jail. (laughs) Yeah. I used to be the guy that would bring the uh, coffee uh, canister of blood to the jail. Oh, wow. Yeah. Great job. I had to set up manila folders ahead of time, and that's also a tough job. Here come the manila folders. (laughs) Whatever you do, don't spill that blood canister on them. Whoops! And also, don't mix it up with the the coffee can, the actual coffee canister in the in the kitchen. Uh, right, they yeah, look they the get same. pissed when you do that. Um, have you ever tried a little bit of blood in your coffee? Though it gives it like a really nice salty taste. It's very good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little iron. I love it. 
Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. I we're guess, all I guess vampires. We're vampires. Yeah, we're all vampires. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast by vampires uh, for vampires. <laughs> you uh, just Casey Kasem that up a little bit? I'm Casey Kasem, and I'm a vampire. <laughs> you Classic know, city boy. <laughs> uh, there's a I little, did like this oh. scene. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I, it's all right. I don't. I don't need to do more Casey Kasem. <laughs> <laughs> no, the people are dying for it. Oh, oh literally. Oh boy! Wow, you're just running through your whole SNL. <laughs> I've got like two, two or three <laughs> terrible impersonations, and I got to run about by the end of this episode. Oh, good. Yeah, Lauren Michaels is listening for the oh, audio <laughs> version of SNL. Uh, great scene between the sheriff. We were talking about this last episode a little bit, that the sheriff seems like fully, like he was about to fully flip. And he's like, he believes that Cassidy's a vampire and, and so much so that he shoots him and then gives him blood. Like that's crazy. He's gone all the way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he did research online for this shit. Yeah, and you know how hard that is? Yeah. You got to put stuff in a search bar. Stuff, stuff. Dot, dot, but, dot. Yeah, I was glad that we finally got a little bit of the sheriff trying to piece things together and what he thinks about everything. And it's funny, I like when he's mumbling himself. He's like, goddamn vampires and then federal agents. You know? <laughs> like, that's one in two of things that piss him off. Yeah. I, I also took it as this is a way for Hugo to get out his frustrations. He's just so angry about everything that's happened with his son and. He's. We've seen him when he was interacting with Eugene. He kept everything so tight and bottled up. To be able to just shoot Cassidy and not feel bad about it is a release for him. Yeah, that's got to be great yeah. as a cop, you know, just to be able to shoot. Yeah, that doesn't seem controversial at all. Yeah, <laughs> not topical at all. Uh, we also see the uh, this great flashback. You can't move past that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, a large part of the episode is taken up with Carlos, who, as we mentioned, we met in the previous episode. Um, Tulip hates Carlos. We finally find out why, uh, because we see Carlos used to rob banks with Tulip and Jesse. They he got jealous of how happy they were. He tried to trick women to have sex with him and. It, it didn't started work. with stepping in a puddle. That's where it really turned. Uh, yeah, like, that's the worst. Oh, yeah. yeah, when you get like one foot like soaking wet, I mean, that's the worst. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm glad I'm not going camping with you anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, it makes you turn on your whole friend and friends and family when that friend. happens. You can stick with what you said first. <laughs> <laughs> my only, my friend and family. <laughs> Great. He's not, he's not denying it. Yeah, no, exactly. God, I wonder which one of us is your friend, Pete. Yeah, which one's the family? Oh, that's nice. That's really nice. It's like they say in the Fast and Furious movies, when you're here, you're family. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cool. Well, let's actually talk about this flashback because it's like vitally important for Jesse and Tulip's relationship um, because they get betrayed by Carlos Tulip gets so upset, she ends up having a miscarriage. And I took it as this is what broke them apart. This is why Jesse left to become a preacher. This is why Tulip was lost for so long. Um, everything that went wrong with them went wrong because of this one moment and because of Carlos. Is, is that what you got from it as well? Yeah, I feel like that that broke their relationship. Also, Jesse shot shoots the security guard. And I think that maybe 
pushed him into back into like becoming good or fulfilling his father's wishes. So yeah, I think this moment is what sets up the whole show and the double ended fisting guild up. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I, uh, you just slipped that in there. Yes. I That's what you do with that. it, Pete. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, you definitely do not just slip it in there. <laughs> <laughs> I I love them <laughs> fucking with Carlos. I this whole season has been about Jesse and Tulip in varying capacities trying not to get back together or feeling each other out or being in very different places. So to see them working together as a team was awesome. Yeah. Just yeah. great. And poor Carlos though. They Send him off into the night. He's been totally beaten up off screen, which I also I love that choice to not see. What do you mean, kick. poor Carlos? He completely fucked them over. He deserves all that. This this show, so I'm not necessarily gonna disagree with you, but this show I, I think a theme is developing that there's monsters out there, people like Kin Cannon, who I would say pretty squarely fall under the category of monster. And then there's also people who are just kind of assholes like miles and Carlos, but Jesse and Tulip and Cassidy, maybe not Cassidy. I'll leave them out of there, but Jesse and Tulip treat them the same. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Well, but I also think like that moment where she tulips, like kill him for me. And then, and Jesse's like, I will, but then she stops him. Like, I thought that was a really nice, yeah, they do. The they just beat the count. shit out of him. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Uh, and their revenge is just to, to, and catharsis is to just beat him up. Yeah. Uh, but they give him a fighting chance, which is also nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love that moment of like when Tulip was like, Oh, you do love me when he was, is actually going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, for, I thought that was a beautiful moment. Yeah, uh, but great. yeah, speaking of assholes, like you said, I mean, that was also Cassidy's point is everybody's kind of an asshole. Everybody's got their deal. I mean, as he's l- laying there spitting out bullets, that's kind of his whole kind of point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. been him all along. I mean, that's why he burned himself in the first place. That's why he called Jesse out about Eugene is just because Eugene was annoying. He didn't deserve to go to hell. And exactly. Tulip and Jesse don't see it that way. You know, Carlos did some bad shit to them. But at the same time, he wasn't trying to get them to have a miscarriage. He wasn't trying to get break them up or get them arrested or anything like that. Well, he was, he was just trying be- to get them arrested. Yeah, but he was mainly just being a jerk because he was annoyed at them, yeah. and that was it. Uh, let, let's talk about the church scene because that's pretty much the most pivotal scene yeah. in the entire first season. So Jesse, you well, just the, one last thing, one oh, last yeah, thing yeah, on Tulip ahead. Jesse. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, go um, ahead. I feel like if they had killed Carlos, they would have become villains. Mm-hmm. Like that would have been one step too far. So I think that's that's where the line was for these characters on the show, and they are assholes just like everybody else. To Cassidy's point, but they are not the monsters that you were mentioning before. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. So at the church later, once they've settled all this, Jesse and Tulip and Cassidy mostly hang in the background while everybody talks to a big bearded white man who says that he's God. Um, This scene was great. I mean, granted, I've read the books, so I kind of knew what was going on. uh, But there was no point that I believed that the guy that they were talking to was God. You never? Not even in the beginning? No, not even in the beginning. Uh, How about you, Justin? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I didn't, I didn't know what happened was going to happen, but I was like, there's no way it would be that 
obvious of a figure uh, of a type of God that they would show up and be like the white dude with the beard. Oh, wow. Uh, but uh, yeah, this was, I mean, first off, like you have uh, Donnie's wife, Betsy, who just like gets God phones. Apparently she's like, yeah. explained to Jesse how it works. That was really funny. I thought, mm-hmm. and then when everyone's gathered there, it felt like the end of a, uh, it was like a big high school play or something where all the insane characters are gathered in one place to see this wild thing. Yeah. It was great. And Tulip's line told uh, for the modem dial up noise was really funny. Yeah. That and was hysterical. Tulip's line told you he was a white guy. So mm-hmm. funny. Yeah, that was great. And I actually really liked the three of them just hanging back. It felt like, to the point of it really actually getting to the comic for the first time at the end of the episode, seeing the three of them there way cooler than anybody else at Anvil about this stuff to me felt like, okay, we're there. You know, they have not been a trio. They have not been hanging out. This has not been this core of the show until now. And I, I like that. I like seeing that in the scene. Um, I also liked uh, the running joke of Clive sadly asking for his penis back. I thought yeah. that was pretty great. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I agree with you, Alex. Like they, they sort of get to be above it all because they've had all these crazy experiences. They're not suckers who are just going to believe that this is God. Like when he's like, ask, I'll answer your questions. I was like, oh, these poor townspeople. And you can see Jesse just being like, what the fuck? This guy's not fucking God. And so then he uses the Genesis on him. And I love that moment. Like, we don't know where God is. We don't know where God is. Is end of transmission. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Uh, the scenes that follow it too were, Oh man, pretty amazing because we watched the entire town fall apart in different ways. Now that they know that God is missing where we see the, uh, what is it? Hedge, not hedgehog chipmunk, something like that. Yeah. Well, there's the guy who's the dressed up like an yeah. Indian, and yeah. then the mascot both hang themselves. <laughs> right, right. Like, this whole montage was some hot stuff. Same, some, I think that's the same tree, by the way. It is. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the, that's the tree continuity I mentioned last episode. Yeah. yeah. Huge. And, uh, uh, and then uh, poor our friend Ptolemy Slocum gets sliced to death by a bunch of little girls. Well, he deserves that. And not in yeah. real life, Pete. No, our no, friend no, Ptolemy. Nobody's deserves- talking about real life right now. Come on. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, yeah, this whole sequence was so was dark as fuck. Uh, it was uh, some high class blind melon music, which everyone's <laughs> down with. Uh, but like Kim Cannon builds a meat daughter. I was like, whoa. This is oh, gross. dude, you think that's you have no idea what's coming. Well, I, I, I we talked about this actually a couple of episodes back because I don't know if it is coming. You're saying the whole thing with Kin Cannon and the Meat God, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, they blow up the entire town. Everybody dies except for the Seraphim, and then she dies. Uh, so that was real surprising to me. Um, I, I do want to get back and talk about the sequence a little bit because I'm curious to keep talking about it. But uh, a cigarette ignites the methane. That was the gas that the guy was moderating in that weird room that showed up a couple of times. And that was the gas yeah. that came out of those vents around town that we saw a couple of times. So, again, Really nice seating from the show. Just yeah, planning comments. that. Yep. It was great. Yo, I called it in that last episode, Alex. You did. You totally called it. Uh, but they, I think they killed everybody, right? They blew the entire town to smithereens. So Quinn Cannon is gone. Emily is gone. This whole cast is gone. Or, or do you feel like somebody survived? 
I bet Kin Cannon survives. Yeah, Rorschach survives that. Come on. But I do think, yeah, I mean, otherwise it seems like the whole town was blown up by cow shit. Yeah, which, hilarious. Uh, how do you think, like, <laughs> Kin Cannon, though, to me, he's sitting on the factory that all the gas is coming from, so I don't know how he would survive this. Well, he was in a secret meat room, so, you know, they're, oh, you know those okay. meat lockers. I don't sure, know. Yeah. yeah, we everyone, all rich people have a secret meat room in their houses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, where you have, like, the really weird meat. Yeah, the meat nobody talks about. <laughs> and you have your double-ended fisting dildo in there, too. Oh, man. Probably. Can't, can't go an episode without mentioning that again. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I really you like... You mentioned oh. it earlier on this episode, Pete. Oh, no, Alex, if you go back and listen, I brought it up in every episode. <laughs> every it's yeah. a great Easter egg. Yeah, oh, it's cool. an Easter egg in each one. Yeah, yeah, you really have to listen, but it's there. Th- that's why it was so crazy that it was actually in this last episode of Preacher, because I've been talking about it just casually. Oh, yeah. In conversation at, like, parties and stuff. Yeah, don't stand next to me at a party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's gross. Uh, the thing that I was going to ask you guys about the sequence, though, before we get to the last bit uh, with Jesse and Cassidy and Tulip is... How how do you think you would act in that situation? You go to the church, you find out God is missing. What would your reaction be? Uh, I mean, I'm more in the, I'd be like, let's go fucking find God. Yeah, I'd definitely be like, it's time for a road trip. For me, I think my main reaction would be, wow, God exists? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking about that as well, like... Everyone seems so depressed and like, oh, the world is over. But it's sort of like religion is proven real in this episode. Christianity, like that's huge. It's just like losing a not having a God. And God's not dead. God is just like he might just be in the other room. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what what Emily tells her children, I think, is the most appropriate reaction that she says nothing has changed. You know, if you were following religion, if you believed in religion, you still believe in religion. And if you didn't, well, then maybe that does change certain things for you, but God not being there to punish you or set down rules or anything like that, you should keep living your life the way that you're living your life. Yeah. Yeah. I also like the way you said you're following religion, like you're binge watching religion. Yeah, that's what you do, right? (laughs) No, Spend spend a week on religion, get it out of the way and wait for season two. I thought it was you follow somebody on Twitter. You follow religion. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I just, I just RT religion, man. It's crazy. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about that last scene though. This is another thing that's straight out of the comics because Jesse Cassidy and Tulip having fries in a diner is just a recurring thing that happens throughout the comic book as they hit the road. So again, great to see it as a fan of the comics. It was just fun to see. Also the reoccurring bit of big Lebowski happens. Yes. I Uh, love that. Great. And yeah. Tom Cruise being dead uh, a little earlier, also very funny. Yeah. yeah. What, one of the nice things about the humor in the show is those recurring bits, they do it right. It doesn't feel forced. You know, I, I yeah. watched some stand-up comedy special this past week where the comic just tried to tie up every single joke that they had done in the half-hour special in the last couple of lines, and it felt so weird and awkward and forced and didn't like it at all. But here... They pace it out well because you're not expecting the big Lebowski thing to come back that third time. You're not expecting Tom Cruise to come back that third time. And you should because rule of threes. But 
it's over several episodes. You know, it's not even in the same episode. And I think that's great. It's just really good comedy structure. Yeah, and plus they they don't like you said they don't force it, but they also don't like have to make a big deal out of it. It's just like, hey, if you get this, you're gonna laugh, and if you don't, then let's just keep going with our story. Like, yeah, that's but it's also funny if you don't, you know, it's just funny to be, and especially Tulip, where she's just like, what the fuck, man? Everybody loves the Big Lebowski. He's like, no, it's controversial, and she just yells to the whole downer diner, like Big Lebowski was like, yeah, the dude. It's yeah. just great. Absolutely. But that's that's what I was saying earlier. This show's so confident they can just do that without having to be like so proud of their joke to exactly. like make yeah. a, a like hold on it and make us all be like, All right, we get it. We yeah. get it, yeah. It's just like you get it or not. We got we're we're going with these characters, let's see what happens. Yeah. Well, yeah. so we are going to see what happens uh, in the second season, but there's that tease at the end where the seraphim wait, is Wait, 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 before what? before you want to talk about I the wanna kiss? Talk- I will, yes, I want to talk about the kiss, but I also want to talk about the moment in the car where they're like, what are we waiting for? And that's a direct uh, kind of line from the comic. But it's also just a comment on the fact that, like, there's this really cool shot of them in the car and they're all wearing shades. It's like the, the start of their big adventure. And it's like this big moment. And then it's just like, well, what are we doing? It's just that sums up how great the show is. Like it's this amazing moment and then a little comedy. And, it, and, and that's also what the kiss is about. It's this amazing moment. And then Tulip's like, don't ever fucking do that again. It's, yeah. it's magic. It's, it's just absolutely fantastic. No one would argue with the idea that people wearing sunglasses are cool. Just look at Garfield. <laughs> Any Garfield poster with him in sunglasses is very cool. Oh, man, that's I the cool. Joe Cool is, you know, he's, he's all about shades, you know? Yeah, Joe Cool. That's uh, Snoopy, I believe you're talking about. Right. Uh, I, yeah. yeah do you me a casually, casually drop a Joe Cool reference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't ever refer to Peanuts in relation to Preacher. Thank you very much. Um, so, uh, then, oh, wait, one, one other thing. I yeah. feel like, yeah, I love that the kiss moment because uh, that's so, it's very Tulip. Tulip, like, sort of takes the power back in that situation. Mm-hmm. These characters are so good. And I feel like uh, they're happy. Like, everyone in the town, like, loses. Just died, yeah. They, well, they don't really know that they died, but they, the town falls apart. Everyone's, like, killing themselves, murdering. These people, like, find out that God's missing. They're like, fuck yeah. Let's, this is fun for them. Like, that's yeah. so interesting to me. And I also feel like Tulip and Jesse, they can only find romance in a world without God. Like, all of their past sins, all the bad things that happened are, like, removed from them. And now they're like, we're free, we're born anew, let's ride. Yeah, and for Jesse, his main motivation this entire season has been to find a mission. You know, he didn't exactly want to be a preacher. He didn't exactly want to be a bad guy like he used to be. Uh, He didn't want to follow up what his dad left to him, though he did. He just felt very conflicted about everything. And now he's going to find God. Like he knows what he's going to do. He has a purpose and that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So another person that has a purpose though, is the cowboy who shows up on earth, kills the seraphim and then growls preacher. Yeah. And that's a great tease. I also, I I mentioned this a couple of episodes back without actually mentioning it. uh, But I I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, the person who caused the cowboy to be delayed in Ratwater was a preacher. So beyond 
the cowboy being told by uh, Fiore, I guess Fiore is the only one left alive, right? Uh, Fiore to kill Jesse Custer, he is conflating that preacher from Ratwater with this new preacher, Jesse Custer, and making it into a very personal mission, which should be awesome to watch as it plays out. Yeah, I love it. I mean, this the the fact that they're going on a road trip for season two is so fun to me. Like, uh, like the town literally is blown to pieces. There's nothing left there, and now they could just get to go wherever they want or wherever they need to go to find God. Like, that's so good. Also, uh, very also, excited for season two. Yeah, I'm also excited that they because the, the first time I watched this all the way through, I was like, "What? We're not going to talk about our face?" And then you know, as Jesse's leaving the diner, he's like, "Hey, I haven't forgot about you." Uh, you know, and so I was like, oh, thank you for that little moment there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it really does set up the next season in such an amazing way. And I feel like that's, they did such a great job of like laying this all out and then also having an amazing last episode and then being like, oh, you think that's amazing. Season two is going to get even crazier. Yeah, they're so like the cocky about the season yeah. coming up. That, I love that, it. Like, they're almost making fun of the idea of a second season. Like in that diner scene and in that last moment, it's like, yeah, who cares? Let's just hit the road. Like it's so <laughs> funny and so cocky for a television show to do that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about our revelations from the episode. Big things we learned or uh, teases for what's coming up. Pete, you want to kick this one off? What was your big revelation? Ooh, a lot of great stuff. Uh, man, this is tough. I'm going to have to say um, I like the sheriff revelation. The, uh, the fact that he was just uh, shooting vampires, kind of coming to grips with his world. I thought it was such a powerful, amazing scene, especially for that character. Justin, what about you? I mean, this I'm the, I was most excited about the setup for season two. Like the fact that they're getting in a the car, they are hunted by the cowboy, they need to save Eugene and also find God is such a great, and I didn't read the book, so I didn't know that road trip was such an essential thing for Preacher. That this is, uh, it's that's really exciting for me. I also love just the, sh- the shots in the church of all the insane characters together, like just chilling and waiting to meet God. Very yeah. cool. Very, very Simpsons, very Springfield as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, For me, I did not ever think that I would watch a friend of mine get chopped to bits so many times in one year. But between this show and Westworld, I've now watched Ptolemy Slocum bleed out all over the place several, several times. Uh, So that's been very interesting. It's been an interesting experience. It's it's been very fun. (laughs) Weird thing, Alex. Well, Ptolemy, if you're listening, watch out. Uh, well, it's fun to see your friend, uh, you know, like die on TV, you know? Yeah. It's like, Wait, sorry. It's, die on TV or die on a TV? Die. Well, what? No. <laughs> like, die on TV. Yeah. Like, what the fuck do you mean? Like fake dying. It's a fun thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to like watching them die and then they fall over onto a television. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't That's want where to. I'm going down. Nice. Uh, All right, guys, Uh, so (laughs) we're going to keep this going with the second season of Preacher. Uh, As we tape this, we're a couple of episodes in, but there's still a bunch of episodes to go in season two. 
So we're going to keep on rolling with this. And yeah, more episodes in season two, which is exciting. Yeah, and uh, if all works out, we should actually get caught up to the present time with Preacher. So stick with it. Also, if you want to support this show and other shows, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every single week that's about comic books and not just Preacher, but sometimes Preacher. So Tuesday, 8 p.m. at the Bit Loft, please do come on by. Pete, anything you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about all the amazing guests we have on the show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at ComicBookClubLive.com. And this podcast goes out to a little boy who loves a show called Preacher. Oh. <laughs> His name's Pete. Yeah. He's just been so happy about this podcast. Pete, yes. This podcast for you. Thank you. 